0: Hi everyone, I'm Rifka Levitin and we're gonna be learning a sicha from Khelikasychais about tube of which is coming up. And um, this is a super interesting sicha. It has a lot of different nuances, but it's gonna be fun. So it actually goes through a lot of different like questions and problems without really solving anything until a little later down the line, so just bear with me. Okay, so it starts with a Mishnah, which is at the end of Masechah's Highness. This is actually, it was a CM from Masechah's Highness, I believe that the Rabbis said this Sicha Ad. Um, And the Mishnah says about tuba of it, it was such a joyous day, like no other day on the Jewish calendar, and that on these days, the daughters of Yerushalayim would go out in borrowed white clothes, and they would dance in the vineyards, and what would they say? They would say, young man, please lift your eyes and take note of what you choose. Do not set your eyes upon beauty, set your eyes upon family lineage, as it says, grace is falsehood and beauty is vain, a woman who fears Hashem, she shall be praised, and it says, give her from the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Now we have a couple questions on the Mishnah itself. The first question we have is about the quote that the Mishnah brings to emphasize what was going on here about Shekhar Achim um, Avala Yaifi. Because that quote does not prove anything about the virtue of setting your eyes upon a woman who comes from a distinguished lineage and from, you know, a line of very holy or pious people. On the contrary, that quote actually states that a woman's virtue is based nothing on her family, but purely on her being a woman who preaches Hashem. The second question we have is, how can it say that all the daughters of Yerushalayim would say, say your eyes upon family, if it's saying, you know, that this was, that this statement is what all the women said um, together, when this doesn't apply to all women, not all women obviously come from distinguished families. Now, this second question that we have on the Mishnah is made more difficult by a brysa, which is brought on the Mishnah. What does the brysa do? It divides up the statements in the mishnah as if it was three categories of women who each said these um statements that it was the beautiful women would say set your eyes upon beauty the women who came from distinguished lineage would say set your eyes upon family and the women who were didn't have beauty or family t- to their name um they would say choose your wife for the sake of heaven for their deeds um because you know choosing marriage and doing the right thing they obviously were pious and that's that alone should be enough for why someone should marry them. Um, But this just makes the question stronger because the Mishnah generalizes saying that all the daughters of Yerushalayim would say all these statements, but obviously this cannot apply to women um, who don't have distinguished families. Now, not only does the B'risa make the questions on the Mishnah a bigger question, but the B'risa itself has a few problems that we don't understand. Um, First of all, the beautiful ones, it says in the B'risa said, Um, set your eyes upon beauty but in the Mishnah it says do not set your eyes upon beauty and secondly it's very hard to understand how it could be that these pious Jewish women could say "Set your eyes upon beauty in the first place when the whole point of this Mishnah the Torah is telling us that grace is false and beauty is vain which often brings up a big question of in general how does Torah view beauty Um, is it something that like we dismiss I don't think so because you know we're not trying to Make ourselves ugly or unfeminine in any way. So, what is this idea of grace is false and beauty is being completely dismissing you? And I once heard a really nice explanation, but we will get to that later. The second question we have on the Bridesa itself is: What is the advantage of choosing a woman who, you know, doesn't have any beauty to her, um, specifically for just for the sake of heaven, over choosing someone who comes from? Uh, Distinguished lineage, which we obviously know must be to the spiritual advantage of distinguished lineage. The idea that, you know, coming from a background of holy and spiritual people would indicate that a woman has, you know, a lot of spiritual value. Otherwise, you know, what is all that lineage worth? And in this light, someone who chooses a woman who has distinguished lineage um, is also doing so for the sake of heaven. They're also doing so to get a woman who is holy and pious. So the women who have no beauty and have no family have no, they have no advantage. They have nothing to call their own that would entice anyone to want them in specific over anyone else. In other words, they have the exact same claim, the women who come from distinguished lineage and the women who have no beauty to them. Now, as we said before, this is a siyam for the Musachta Tainis. Um, and after the brisa which we mentioned before, the Gemara concludes with a teaching, and the teaching goes as follows. In the future era, Hashem will arrange a circle dance for the righteous, and he will be sitting among them in the Garden of Eden. Each and every one of the righteous will point to Hashem with his finger. As the verse says, he will say on that day, Behold, this is our Lord, for whom we waited, that he shall save us. This is Hashem, for whom we waited, We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Now, we can understand that there is a connection between this um, teaching and the Mishnah that we said before, Um, it's two circles, two dances, but is that really the inherent connection? That doesn't seem to be enough to um, put these two together. So what exactly is going on here? And like I said before, the sikha, just the questions and difficulties just keep piling up. So we have one further idea. There's a dispute between Rashi and Teisface who comment on this teaching about in the future era when Mashiach comes about the, the tzaddikim who will stand around Hashem and point to him and they will say, Dot, dot, dot. Um, So Rashi is of the opinion that the Gemara is intending to say that there's two things going on here. That firstly, the Tzaddikim will physically be pointing with their fingers. And secondly, they will be physically verbalizing um, the statement of behold, this is our Lord for whom we waited, dot, dot, dot. Whereas Taisfais is of the opinion that there's only one thing going on here. They won't verbalize um, the statement that we see in the Gemara. But why does the Gemara bring it? In the first place, then, to show that they're not going to just be pointless, um, mindlessly pointing, but they'll be actually cognitively recognizing Hashem with their pointing. So the words of saying, "Behold, this is our Lord." Dot 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 is the Gemara is bringing not because the the tzaddikim physically said it, but just to show that the tzaddikim knew what was going on. They they were able to recon- They will be able to recognize Hashem. That's how um, clear everything will be to them. So it's all fine and dandy that Rashi and Taisvites have their own two opinions, but we don't understand how they each um, get this rationale, how they come to such conclusions based on the same exact verse. So now, finally, to answer all of this, the Rebbe brings one very succinct, beautiful explanation, at least to start. So obviously we know that the going out that these daughters of Yishalayim did on Tuba'ab was something holy. It wasn't just, you know, let's go get a match. Um, And so further, they're not, they're obviously doing something holy in pointing out their attributes, but they're not physical attributes. They must be spiritual, holy attributes that they're intending to highlight, um, which makes them worthy of being um, pursued. So, for example, when the beautiful women said, set your eyes upon beauty, obviously they mean the true spiritual advantage of beauty. There's The idea of inner beauty um, shining towards the outside is not just some you know, made-up idea. This is an actual Torah idea that since physical beauty is derived from spiritual beauty, um, one has a big um, impact on the other. And this is something we know to be true, that the fact alone that when we think of people who we admire and respect and we know who have um honest and pure and good traits and they're kind and things like that um in our heads we don't think of them as some anything less than beautiful because their inside just radiates to to their outside and even more specifically this is not just a general overall um virtue of all jewish women but um The virtues of the daughters of Yushalayim can be divided into two categories. We have the first category is the particular attribute of each um, daughter of Yushalayim, her own specific one that's specific to her. And secondly, we have a common attribute that all Jewish women have, and this attribute is transmitted um, from women to their children and grandchildren and all generations after them. And that's the difference between the Mishnah and the Braisah. The Mishnah speaks primarily about the inherent Jewish value that every single Jewish woman Possesses simply because she is a Jewish woman. Um, and in contrast, the Brisa addresses the fact that every daughter of Yushalayim has her individual spiritual attribute, which we will we will explain. Now the idea that a Jewish woman transmits to her children all her spiritual attributes um, seems to say that we're certain that every single daughter of Yushalayim has this attribute of being a God-fearing woman but how can we be so sure of that the answer to this lies in the fact that in the fact that they say young man, Please lift your eyes and see the emphasis is on on the word lift lifting your eyes instead of just setting your eyes um, as We usually say which is just seeing things based on how they appear to the eye um, Indicates that they wanted everyone around them to look at them with an elevated and deeper perspective to see them a little bit beyond you to lift your eyes and see past everything Um, to look at the root and the source from where these attributes of holiness and piousness come from in the first place and that's the intended meaning of the phrase that we didn't understand at all of set your eyes upon family because in the broader sense family family refers not only to one's um parents and lineage and who they come from physically but to anyone who influences their spiritual um character so that can be teachers that can be much that can be anyone who is a role model to them and that does tell a lot about a person who do they admire who do they look up to that tells us a lot about what they value and admire in certain people that often is reflected on what can be admirable in a person themselves um, Further, the idea of family can be referring to the fact that this woman comes from the Jewish family. She's the daughter of Sarah Rivka, Rachel and Leah, or Imahis, And from them, she inherits her uniquely Jewish um, character traits that no one can take away from her because just by virtue of coming from Sarah Rivka, Rachel and Leah, she will always be a Jewish daughter, even if often it seems like she's not acting in that way or there's nothing good to be seen within her. The fact that she comes from such um, a family and such lineage gives so much value to her automatically. So in this line of thinking, um, we can understand what each woman is bringing to the table. The beautiful ones um, means that their spiritual virtues and um, character was so visible and could be clearly seen. So they're saying, set your eyes upon the beauty, as in see our um, spiritual advantages, which are plain to see to the eye. Um, The ones with distinguished lineage are saying that even though, our positive attributes may not be so clearly seen since we come from good families and we were raised in the right home with the right values and um, certain things were made um, valuable to us. You can be sure that we will raise our children in that same way, even if our spiritual advantages are not so um, visible to the eye. And the women who didn't have much beauty to them um, is referring to the, the women of Ushalim who whose spiritual virtues were concealed and who also didn't have necessarily parents of you know, the greatest caliber to educate them or bring them up in the right way. But they themselves, coming from an inner place, because they're um, daughters of Sarah Rivka, and they have this family background, they um, brought upon themselves this feeling of bittal and submiss- submissiveness to Hashem that they just want to be chosen as a wife for the sake of heaven. And they wanted husbands who were motivated for the sake of heaven as well, who weren't necessarily looking for um, any specific um, attribute or advantage in their wife. This then is the difference between the Mishnah and the Brisa. The Mishnah is talking about all daughters of Yushalayim as they are as one single cohesive unit. Whereas the Brisa is highlighting their individual differences, which um, would seem to contradict their being one united whole. Um, But on the contrary, despite the fact that they had visible differences still they all danced together in one circle with peace and unity because the fact is we all come from the same background we all have a lineage of sarah of and leah who passed on the most important things and this gives us a better connection between um the mishnah about the women going out into the field and the mishnah about the tzaddikim who will dance around Hashem because this means that every single um, tzaddik will be able to point to Hashem with his own finger meaning according to his own degree of understanding of Hashem and yet nevertheless even though they will all have their own understanding of uh, understanding of Hashem which um, will be very clear to them um, nevertheless they will still be able to join in and dance in one cohesive dance So now we can also understand the differences in Rashi and Taishvai's opinion. Rashi is of the opinion that when they'll be dancing all together, each of them with their own um, individual service of Hashem, they will each influence the other to also take on that specific um, nuance that they have in their service of Hashem. Taisfais is of the opinion that the only thing that will be uniting them within that circle is not the differences will be combining among them, but they will have one common goal. They will all be pointing to Hashem. And from Hashem's perspective, all the distinctions between the different levels of service of Hashem mean nothing to him. It's all um, one circular dance. In other words, Taisfais is of the opinion that there will be no fusion between all the various levels because um, the fact that each level could take on another level Um, seems to indicate that that's not pointing to the essential point of each level. Whereas Rashi is saying that true, in the first stage of Mashiach, um, we won't get the entirety of Hashem's essence, which would mean that it's going to be confined to the rules of, you know, you can't Combine level within level but afterwards when the true oneness of Hashem's essence will be revealed then Hashem's essence can contain two opposite realities at the same time and when that happens there's going to be a fusion between all these levels of the um, even the highest levels among them and they'll all be able to dance together in one dance of true peace and unity as in it will all come together and every person's service will mean the same and yet have their different attributes and that they bring to the table. Now to our question about how could it be that Tara just um, doesn't value beauty at all, um, we have to look at the words themselves, shakir hachin, that, not that beauty is false, but the beauty, the beauty that's a standard, the beauty that goes by the world standards that, you know, doesn't really have any rhyme or reason, that is not that not beauty that terribly is in, but obviously Jewish girls understand the importance of the beauty Hashem gave us and how to use it properly and in our Avita Hashem and how to um, not dismiss it as something that's un- invaluable, but to understand its value and to work with it that way. And although I know this Sikha ends with a very Kabbalistic um, lesson that the rubber brings, I still think there's a big lesson here in just understanding that the women who came before us um is something very important to us as jewish women that we that we feel very inherently the need to go back to and emulate and connect to those roots and traditions and the women who um wrote modeled for us what we have to be and how it is that you can be a proper jewish woman because it's something that's not necessarily um by the book but it's very um based on certain sensitivities and nuances, and you don't know that without looking up to the right people who can show us um, what it is that they do and how it is that they um, continue this chain of Jewish daughters from Sarah, Rivka, and Leah. And I just want to end with the story of the wife of Abba Chakia, who was one of the great Chacham of his time. Um, And basically, she would go out every day to greet him when he was coming home, but she would be dressed in her finest clothing and jewels and powders and... Whatever she had, even though it was difficult times and even if there was um, drought and famine going on, she would come out to greet him in this way. And the townsfolk and all the simple women around her would, you know, they would look at her and they would laugh and mock her for such seemingly audacious behavior. But her mother had always told her that the greater the man, the greater the temptation. So she had to make sure that as his wife, she is the most beautiful woman to him and that all he sees and he desires should be her because she allows her inner beauty to come out in its fullest potential. Um, and as we know, the man came down, and it came down with jewelry, indicating that this is not just a side point, but it's something important. And um, whenever Abba Chalkia would go to daven for rain, um, she would go with him. Why would she go with him? Um, because she would Davin too. And what was noticed was that, interestingly enough, um, when they would go to pray for rain, and the rain finally did come, the thunder clouds would rise first on her side, where she was praying. As in, her sacrifice and her actions and her inherent spiritual character and attributes that make her special and valuable were the most precious to Hashem and that's what Hashem responded to, that's what elicited Hashem's kindness, just like the women who would go, go out on Tuba and just like we can emulate in, from all past generations of women because we all come from the same roots as Sarah Rifka, Rachel and Leah who taught us the way in which we acquire these uniquely feminine and Jewish traits as Jewish women that we can pass on to our future generations.